going to be happening tonight. I believe even somebody not called to preach could preach after that song. Wow. Okay, I'm sharing a message that's on my heart. I certainly need your prayers, and I know you will listen prayerfully and carefully. I'm going to speak on biblical guidelines for voting. This may seem a little late because I understand there's a record turnout in our nation for early voting. I don't know, in fact, I do know there's never been an election I can think of where I have spent as much time in prayer wanting to know God's will about whom to vote for as this upcoming presidential election. The Bible says about itself in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of us today believe that God's word has the answer to any circumstance or situation we face? Well, I believe it, and I think you believe it, or you wouldn't be a part of this Bible teaching, Bible preaching, Bible praising church today. So I'm going to share some things uh, with you that God has just shared with me to help me. And uh, I hope it has helped you if you voted, and I pray it will help you if you are yet to vote. First of all, Christians should vote. Now, I have encountered some friends that tell me that both of the candidates that logically one or the other will be elected. I know there are more than two candidates running. But both of them are so sorry, and that's a nice word for them, in my opinion, that as a Christian, they just feel like they shouldn't vote. I don't feel that way. I have felt like if I didn't know, and I do have a piece about whom I'm to vote for, I also feel, I know this sounds Pentecostal, but I also feel in my quiet time scripture this morning, the Lord told me who was going to win this election. I don't usually say things like that. And I will not tell you whom it is. I haven't even told my wife, but God has spoken to me in times past through quiet time scriptures that I just read through books in the Bible. I don't say, okay, I'm going to be thinking about this or that today, so I'm going to read a scripture about it, but wow. But <clears throat> even though up until a week or so ago, I did not know exactly how I would vote. I knew whom I wasn't going to vote for, but I didn't know exactly how I was going to vote. I had envisioned myself I was still going to vote, and that when I walked into that voting booth, that God would lead me. Christians should vote. Do you hear me? Romans 13, 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, what does this mean? This doesn't mean that everybody that serves in a political office is a Christian or that they have been selected by God. But it means the principle of human government is established by God. You go back to the book of Genesis after the flood and you'll see it. 
His first divine institution was marriage. And his second divine institution, as I see it in the book of Genesis, is civil and human government. This is something that is from God. If it is from God, it is a proper process. And we should cooperate with God as his children in being a part of that process. Christians should vote. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. Now in that day, they didn't have refrigeration. Salt was a preservative. And so we as Christians need to do whatever we can. The situation may be far from perfect and far from ideal, but we need to look at the candidates and we need to do what we can to help preserve anything that's left in this country that is good and is of God and is in accordance to God's Word. I'll tell you another reason that Christians ought to vote, not just because it's a Christian and civic responsibility and human government is ordained by God, but out of gratitude. One of the things that the Bible is really strong on is that God's children should be a thankful people, right? It's all over the Bible. Just one of many passages, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 in everything, in what? Everything, even elections like we've got coming up, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Folks, except for the grace of God, you could have been born in Uganda somewhere. God in His grace has allowed most of us to be born in still the greatest country in the world. There are many countries today that do not have a democratic process at all. I am thankful to God He has allowed me to be born in a country where you can vote and have a say-so in government. And I'll tell you something else I'm grateful for. I talked to a man last night, and I hope we're going to reach him for the Lord and bring him into this church. And his dad fought in World War II. He was a pilot in World War II. He was a pilot in the Korean War, and he was a, uh, a pilot in Vietnam. There have been men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice. There have been men and women who have given their lives that we might have the right to vote. How dare we turn our faces from that kind of sacrifice? Point one, I think you got it, at least how I feel about it. Christians should vote. Point two, we should pray for discernment. I believe it's God's will that we know God's will. James said, You have not because you ask not. Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Pray that God will give you as his child discernment to know what to do and whom to vote for. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. 
Paul said in this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and discernment. In Luke 6, 12, before Christ, Christ, sinless Christ, chose his 12 apostles, the Bible says he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Jesus asked for the Lord's discernment when he chose the 12. In Acts 1, 24, at the outset of the church, Simon Peter shared with those gathered there that they needed someone to take the place of Judas. And it came down to two people. And the Bible says in Acts 1.24, they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all. Mm -hmm. He knows the heart of Hillary Clinton. He knows the heart of Donald Trump. And he knows our hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen. Pray for discernment. Sears used to have a motto. Good, better, and best. I think they've done away with it. Maybe it wasn't that successful. Good, better, and best. Basically, cheapest, cost a little more, cost a lot more. Well, in this election, we don't have a good. We don't have a best. But I think we may have a better. Ask God to show you whom you should vote for. And then thirdly, vote for the candidate that would best ensure our religious liberty, our Christian freedoms, especially the spread of the gospel. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, and I'll quote verse 4. Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, presidents, governing authorities, and that are all are in authority. Why? That we may lead, that we might have a lifestyle Lead a quiet. The word quiet is a word that means free from outward disturbances. It's talking about persecution. Now you've heard me say, and Gary, I thank you for the article you sent me because this is something that I read out of that article. You've heard me say that God uses persecution to purify his people and purify his church. And if there ever was a day that we as a church needed purification, it's now. And I still believe that. But I was reading something written by one of my favorite, one of the leading Christian conservative theologians in the nation today, maybe even in the world today. And he said, nowhere do I find in the Bible that we're to pray for persecution. But we are to pray for freedom to live the Christian life openly as God would have us to live it so we can spread the gospel. 
a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness, that's God devotion, and reverence, for this is good and well-pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Now, I said I was going to quote verse 4. You can't leave out verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? You see, one of the reasons that we need religious liberty in this nation is so we can spread the gospel and carry out our marching orders of the Great Commission and witness to more people than ever before. We come right back to that wonderful Great Commission. In Colossians 4, 3 and 4, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ. That's the gospel of Christ. For which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I'm not going to bore you with religious statistics this morning at all. But I just want to remind you that America is at a crossroads and we may have even started too far down the wrong road when it comes to our Christian freedoms and religious liberties. Not long ago, a fire chief in Atlanta, Kelvin Cochran, a Christian, wrote a book, self-published it, talking about a lot of things, and in it he mentioned the Bible's teaching regarding non-marital sexual conduct. He was fired. Brendan Ick, CEO of Mozilla Firefox, was pushed out from his own company merely because he donated money to Proposition 8 in California supporting marriage between one man and one woman. You lose your job. Last year, Boston urologist Paul Church, a Harvard Medical School faculty member, lost his hospital privileges because he had expressed concerns about the medical dangers associated with same-sex activity. June the 28th, 2016, three of the Supreme Court judges pled with the Supreme Court to hear this case, but they were overruled. They wouldn't even hear it and rule on it. The Storman family, committed Christians, had owned and run a pharmacy in Washington for 70 years. They refused to dispense an abortion-causing prescription drug. They will be shut out of business by the Washington State Pharmacy Board. One of the few victories that Christianity has had was in 214 Hobby Lobby won a case because they, as committed Christians, would not give abortion-type things to the folks that work for them, make it available for them. 
But the vote for them to remain a business, and by the way, they employ 23,000 people and they bring in over $3 billion in annual sales. And they've said, if we have to compromise our conviction because they believe, as I believe, abortion is murder, they said, we'll just close Hobby Lobby down. A lot of jobs lost there, folks. The Supreme Court gave them a victory in a five to four vote. Now, do you hear what I'm saying? Whomever the next president is, and remember Scalia, a conservative Supreme Court judge, passed away. Whoever is elected president, one of the first things they're going to do is to seek to replace him on the Supreme Court. Three other judges are elderly. Two are very sickly. More than likely, whomever the next president is, they will nominate possibly up to four new Supreme Court judges. And if these are liberal-minded judges, there will be no more Hobby Lobby victories even. Franklin Graham summed it up. Billy Graham's son. Thank the Lord for him. This election is about the Supreme Court and the justices that the next president will nominate. Evangelicals, that's us, are going to have to decide which candidate they trust to nominate men and women to the court who will defend the Constitution and support religious freedom. My last point. And you know we could make a lot of points. I'm not a politician, I'm a preacher. Trust in the sovereignty of God. I'll be honest with you, there was a time I told Marcia in the midst of all of this sewage and filth concerning both primary candidates, there was a time I said, Marcia, I'm just not, not sure when I get in that booth I'll vote at all. I may just write in Jesus Christ and walk out. Well, that's not how God has led me. But regardless of who wins, God is still on the throne. God is still in control. And the scripture God really used, remember how I told you a while ago we read a quote from Luke, how Jesus spent a night in prayer before he chose the 12 apostles, did you know one of them was Judas? He wasn't saved. He was called a son of Satan from the beginning. But God in his sovereignty allowed even the perfect son of God to choose a Judas. And God used him. used him to be an instrument of the greatest thing that has ever happened and will ever happen, the death of Jesus on the cross for our sins. What a great God we have. Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. One of my favorite Christian writers, and I'm not going to mention his name, 
I just don't think I should. But believe me, the majority of you would know whom I'm talking about. I mean a good, conservative, Christian writer. Here's what he said. I'll close with this. I have a prediction. I know exactly what November the 9th will bring. Another day of God's perfect sovereignty. Sovereignty means God rules over all. He will still be in charge. His throne will still be occupied. He will still manage the affairs of the world. Never before has his providence depended on a king, a president, or ruler. And it won't on November the 9th, 2016. And he quotes from Proverbs 21.1, The Lord can control a king's mind as he controls a river. He can direct it as his ple he pleases. And Psalm 22.28, The kingdom is the Lord and he rules over nation. This writer is a master of illustrations and he gives this illustration. Many years ago, he says, I spent a week visiting the interior of Brazil with a longtime missionary pilot. He flew a circuit of remote towns in a small plane that threatened to come undone at the slightest gust of wind. Wilbur and Orville had a sturdier aircraft. I could not get comfortable. I kept thinking that the plane was going to crash in some Brazilian jungle and I'd be gobbled up by piranhas or swallowed by an anaconda. I kept shifting around, looking down and gripping my seat as if that would help. Finally, the pilot had enough of my squirming. He looked at me and shouted over the airplane noise, We won't face anything I can't handle. You might as well trust me to fly the plane. Is God saying the same to us today? Would you stand with me in prayer? Everybody in prayer. Biblical guidelines for voting. Vote. Pray for discernment. Seek the candidate that will best regard and secure our religious and in our case our Christian liberties. And regardless of what happens, trust. Jesus knew Judas was a devil from the beginning. But he never stopped trusting in the Heavenly Father. And the Heavenly Father's sovereignty and being in control. And we must not either. We are the children of God. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of Lords. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know that gospel message? It's the only message in the world that can allow your sins to be forgiven because Jesus paid for them on the cross. No other religion offers a Savior that forgives sin. They really don't. They may offer some kind of God that will excuse sin, which would mean he wasn't a righteous God and a just God, but our God was righteous, he judged sin in a substitute, his son Christ on the cross. There's no religion like that. Folks, do you know the forgiveness of sin? Do you have that personal 
that personal connection with God through Christ. See, Christianity is not church anymore. It is a personal relationship with God that begins to change your heart and change your mind and change your life and continues to the day that the New Jerusalem comes down. Do you have a peace that passes understanding? You can have if you don't. You can receive Christ as Lord, Master, and Savior who died for your sins and rose from the grave. You can receive Him today during this invitation time. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You can't even explain exactly why. You just know you need to quit playing games and today you need to genuinely give your life to God through Jesus Christ. You want to settle that today during this invitation. You come. If God would lead you today to move a church letter and to join this wonderful Christian family at Fishville, you come during this time. And Father, I pray and I'll admit I am probably the least of the least to be talking about wisdom when it comes to political matters. But God, I pray that you will use your word today that has been shared to give us wisdom and guide us in this election. And Lord, we trust you. And we believe Romans 8:28 is still in the Bible regardless that you work all things together for good to those who love you. And we love you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Brother Rick, lead us.